Hi ladies, it's me. Welcome back to Rich Little Broke Girls. It's been a while, it has been a while, but Slim Kimmy is back and I took a bit of a hiatus. I have a lot of life updates, but I wanna tell you about this episode today. It's called Quit Your Job featuring Candace Banks, the creator and star of Hashtag Thanks Candace Banks, the web series that explores her days as a New York fashion intern. She was working for one of the biggest fashion stylist in the world. Candace tells her story in three minute mini videos on TikTok and Instagram. And I mean, from the fashion to the music to the scenery, you're going to learn how Candace does it. I mean, she is the queen of milking her resources. She recorded this entire podcast at her current company office um, and she's filmed all of her series at her current company office, which is insane to me. Her season two finale has amassed 5.5 million views and her very first episode of Thanks Candace Banks a year ago went viral at 300,000 views overnight. So she is the queen and if you want to learn how she does it, who she is and more about her, this is the episode for you. I want to give you guys a little bit of my life updates. I think it's kind of funny that this episode is titled Quit Your Job because I recently quit my job um, and I am in Miami right now. I'm talking to you guys from my headphone microphones because I left my mic back in New York, but I just arrived to Miami for Memorial Day weekend, I'm hanging out at the Standard. I literally just want to lay out all weekend and have a couple cocktails. As much as I want to share my new journey with you guys and what I'm doing next, I fully signed an NDA and cannot talk about it um, because I don't want to be sued for the little monies that I do have. So I don't get to talk about it, but in my next solo episode, I can at least share what direction I'm going in, what spaces I'll be in, um, and kind of how it all happened very loosely. Obviously, I want you guys to be with me for the journey and for the ride, but I also um, don't want to end up in hot water, so we're going to keep it cute from here on out. I've been or was in my current role for two years. So it was really time for me to do something new, right? Like spread my wings, fly, try something new. And I'm just really excited about this chapter. So during my hiatus, I was figuring all that out, trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, where I was going to go next. And I figured it out and I quit my job. Um, My last day isn't for another week. I gave them three weeks because I love them so much and I'm going to miss my, I'm going to miss my people. I'm really excited for this new chapter. So let's get into this conversation. Quit your job. I'm not here telling you to quit your job, but if you're ready for something new, if you put in your time, if your gut is telling you that like, babe, it's time to shake this shit up, then shake it up and quit your job. Let's get into the conversation with Candace Banks. Welcome to the show, Candace. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited. How are you? How are you feeling? Where are you calling in from? I am calling in from my current job, which I recently put in my two weeks at, and tomorrow is my last day. Oh, my God. Right now, I'm like so excited for new beginnings, but currently in a little bit of an energy rut because I feel like I stayed in this 
place too long and it was like a gut feeling that it was time to move on. And now that I did, it's a great thing, but now I need to do the work to, you know, lift my spirits back up to normal Candace Banks. Oh my God, honey, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Are you like at the office right now? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I am here right now. Yes. Uh, Where is everybody? Everybody's gone. (laughs) Nobody comes into the office. So I'm like, let me use the office. And by five o'clock, by four o'clock, everybody's gone anyway. So Mm -hmm. yes, I'll do my podcast interview from one of the meeting rooms. (laughs) You're quite scrappy. If you're going to make me come into this office, I'm going to use it to the max. Period. Oh my God. Absolutely. And what can they do? Fire me? (laughs) My last day is tomorrow. (laughs) Exactly. What industry are you in? I work for HBO Max currently. I love how candid and open you are. I love how candid and open you are. I mean, it's going to be in my web series eventually, season three. Oh my God. Congratulations. Season fucking three. That's major. Major. How many years? It's been um, a year and a half. I dropped it in November of 2021. And it's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind. Oh, my God. We're going to get into it in just a little bit. But tell me more about this rut. So, like, you're quitting your job. Congratulations. I know a lot of the girls, a lot of the listeners cannot wait to be in your seat and to have put in there two weeks and to have a plan. Tell me about this rut and how you kind of just knew like it is time to get out of this. You know, it's crazy because this has actually been the best team I've ever worked on. It's like my boss is so loving and caring and understanding and she treated me like a person. She always checked in on me. Our one-on-ones were like, 90% personal and 10% about the work. So she really became more of a friend. On top of that, I've been there for two and a half years. So recently, a couple months ago, they gave me an unexpected raise and promotion. So my title changed and my pay increased. Oh my God. But I had already decided that I was leaving because this has been a serious gut feeling since last November. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've like deeply felt that it's time for me to move on. But we had someone on maternity leave. So I was like, okay, I'll wait till she comes back at the end of April. So I've been planning this for months. And then they gave me my performance review. And I was like, okay, what are they going to say? And they were like, we want to give you this title and we want to give you this raise. And this was back in the end of February. And I've experienced those new paychecks. And I'm like, Candace. Do you really want to quit? Is this really what you want to do? It was one of the toughest decisions I've had to make because this is also HBO Max. It's a great company. I have this web series on the side that I've been wanting to pitch to them. That's a whole story. But I genuinely feel like it's my time to move on. Two and a half years. Yeah. Two and a half years is a long time. I love the fact that like you are sticking to your gut, right? Because a lot of times when like you put shiny objects in front of people, they'll like just grasp onto it. And so it's kind of just like, I knew since November that I had to get out. I said, you know what? I'm going to 
do the right thing and stay while someone's on maternity leave. And then like within that time, they're like, oh, hey, and by the way, here's a new title and here's more money. And you're like, shit. Okay, but like, I'm still leaving. Why do you think it's time to bet on yourself? And like, where did you find that courage? Well, I got to be honest, I was so scared because I like the security of a nine to five coming from a freelance fashion stylist and a fashion intern. The paychecks are few and far between. So having a consistent paycheck that's actually like the first time I haven't been broke, I'm actually doing well. Um, it was scary to be like, okay, I'm going to go back to freelancing, but it's really because my web series has really picked up momentum and I'm getting so many opportunities. I mean, the moment I made the decision to, yes, quit my job, I got invited to Coachella, paid, you know, I have all these opportunities. I collaborated with a company for my season three premiere and I'm getting paid to do my web series now. That's huge. And all of this stuff. Yes. All of this stuff started flooding in once I actually made the decision. And it was like the universe was like, okay, girl, we've been waiting on you. So I just feel like everything is all about divine timing. I'm also someone who has never given a hundred percent to my nine to five. I've always been passionate about having that side hustle and I've always been somebody who is using my paycheck to fund my dreams. I think that's what we should all do. I think we all have secret inner hidden talents that we were born with that we need to spend our life discovering and finding out and then chasing them and bringing them to life. The people who have changed the world are the people who bet on themselves and really believed in themselves and they didn't follow the rules. So that's who I want to be. Oh my, no, that's who you are. That is who you are. I'm so inspired by you. I love that. I definitely say all the time, like if there's something that you want to do, don't let your nine to five get in the way of that. Like figure it out. I'm the same exact way. I'm such a hustler. Like, I know what I want to do. But I think what's nice about your story is that you found a nine to five or a gig or a job that influences your work or that complements what you're doing. Like, you're working now and not anymore, but you're working for HBO Max and you've been there for two and a half years. And that so aligns with your web series, right? And even like, we'll talk about your experience in fashion and being a fashion intern and a stylist. And that has like influenced your web series. You know what I mean? Like the things that are just aligning so perfectly, it just makes sense. It's It seems like just the natural progression of things. It really does. And HBO Max is given me so many opportunities even the opportunity to sit down with Casey Bloys who's the head of content and they do these things called coffee with and then they'll have like a person from the company that you can like have coffee with them and donuts and it's this really nice thing that they have here at the building I absolutely took advantage of that and I asked Casey um, you know now that you've seen the success of all these diverse titles like Insecure, Euphoria um, I May Destroy You what are you doing to bring more titles like that onto the platform? And I got to ask him that. And he told me straight up, we're looking for universal stories where even though it's about a certain group, anyone can relate to it. And, you know, I kind of took that as if you're telling a black story, make sure we can understand it. But still, at least I got that insight from a (laughs) one-on-one conversation. No shade, no shade. But, you know, I'm getting the inside information about when I pitch my show, 
What are you looking for? So I'm really grateful for the experience I've had here. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. That's so amazing. I love that. Yeah, you definitely have to take advantage of where you are to get where you want to be. Um, and I know like some of yes. the girls listening are like, babe, I'm a nine to five baddie. I'm a corporate baddie. This is what I do. And I love that because you know what? We need the girls like you. We need you to be the chief XYZ, the director of this marketing, that partnerships um, so that we can come to you so that you can be the KCs that we're pitching our shows too. Um, but no, I mean, for the girls that want to hustle, that have that side hustle, that have that fire inside of them, I think it is really motivating that you're finally quitting your fucking job. So congratulations on that. But I want to talk about thanks Candace Banks, but more so like the yeah. life of Candace Banks, right? Like the fashion intern, the girl that, you know, is literally making hood meals and eating ramen noodles because they just don't pay. Like, tell me that side of your story. Yes. So fashion is definitely in my blood. My grandmother was the first lady of all these churches in the South. And we're also from Indiana, um, little known fact about me, I was born in Indiana, but raised in Virginia, which I'm so proud to be from Virginia. A lot of greats came from the DMV. Um, but my grandmother was this fabulous first lady who passed that on to her five children, one of which was my mother. And my mother was a very meticulous lady who like if we had a hair out of place it was like <gasps> like a big deal so we were raised to always be like prim and proper and ladylike and it was just always instilled in me to look your best and um really just like if you know black church you know that it's a fashion show so that's what I grew up with every Sunday and it really inspired me to branch out into the fashion industry my mom taught me how to sew in middle school, and that really sparked like an interest in fashion in me at a young age. And then in high school, I was like cutting up my clothes and sewing them back together and like new and interesting things. I was that girl. And then when it came time to branch out on my own, I moved to D.C. I believe I was 20 years old. I moved to D.C. and I worked in Georgetown in this like made-to-order menswear company that was like high fashion suiting and I did like the fabrics and the ties and the dress shirts and the pocket squares all of that and I had a friend named Olu he's Nigerian love the Nigerians shout out to my Nigerians okay <laughs> shout out to y'all and he gifted me this book called the man who tapped into the secrets of the universe and it's a story written in 1949 about this man named Walter Russell. And he was like this, a sculptor, a painter, a psychologist. He was a professor. And then he also did ice skating and music. And he really mastered the art of being a professional in so many different industries and skills. And he really like tapped the secrets of the universe and figured out how to maximize his life. Um, and so he gifted me that book and it had so many gems. Um, one of my favorite quotes from him is, mediocrity is self-inflicted, but genius is self-bestowed. Unpack that. Mediocrity is self-inflicted. Genius is self-bestowed. You have the option to be a magnificent, great creator and really tap into your talents, or you have the option to not do that 
self-exploration and just live a mediocre life, basically. And he, just like me, is someone who is curious about life. What kind of hidden talents do I have inside of me that I haven't discovered yet because I haven't went out there and tried? You know what I'm saying? So that's what the whole book is about. I love that. You know, sometimes I think that I would be a fantastic painter. Like, I think I could really be a true visual artist. Um, So maybe, maybe I'll try. But I love that because I've been, I've literally, I've been talking about this um, just to my friends a little bit on my podcast, some of my solo episodes, but like really taking time to like figure out what my hobbies are, to define who I am beyond like what I've decided to do beyond my work, even beyond Rich Little Broke Girls, right? Because like, yes, I love having these conversations, but there's so much more. And so I love the idea of like really taking time to explore who you are and the things that you like beyond the things that like maybe yeah obviously we've like figured out something like you love fashion at the age of like 13 but like what else is there there's like so much more to you and we shouldn't define ourselves and then live by that definition forever exactly i feel like i would be a great pianist i'm a classically trained violinist by the way i played through elementary middle school high school and a little bit afterwards Mm -hmm. and I'm like maybe I need to try playing the piano yeah or the guitar I haven't tried either one of those yet I also feel like I have a secret musical genius inside of me but if I stay at this nine to five which I'm not passionate about I'll never really discover what I was put on this earth for you have to go and explore I love how you're doing this podcast and it's not your nine to five either so we all have these secret like hidden gems inside of us where it's like you really have to that's what life's about go and explore and discover what you're good at Mm -hmm. I think we've also been conditioned to be like okay I'm gonna wake up I'm gonna go to my nine to five I'm gonna sit behind my desk for eight hours I'm gonna do that Monday through Friday until I'm 65 and it's time for me to retire and then I look up and I have kids and a husband and I'm not fulfilled and I don't have any joy in life I never want that to be me no no I feel like all we have is time and I think one thing that we all learned during COVID we were working from home so we had the freedom to leave our houses we had the freedom to live life on our own terms what you realize is that going to the office for eight hours in a day it's such a trade-off like you realize how little you can complete in one day by giving someone eight hours of your day. It's a major cost to like your life. And that's just how I feel. Like I really value freedom of choice. I value freedom to wake up and say like, what do I want to do today? You know what I mean? Knowing not to say that like, I'm not a lazy person. Like I have insane work ethic. I get shit done, but I would like to schedule my day based on like how I feel that day, right? Like I know I need to get this done, but like I don't I don't need to go to the office at 9 a.m. to get it done. You know what I mean? Like I can go to the office at 11 or if I want to go to the office at 5 p.m. and work to the night, like I can do that. Um, So I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Girl. Like I'm so happy for you. I know. I think we need the freedom to be on our own schedule. I think, unfortunately, we live in a society where we have to work to have money to survive, to pay rent and buy these expensive ass groceries and pay our car note. But if we could, like, just imagine if we could survive off of our passions. And luckily, we live in an age where these platforms are giving us the opportunity to, like, build our own story and 
um, you know, really put ourselves out there and, and make money in an unconventional way. And mm. I know a lot of people like tease influencers and like people who make their living off of social media. But how amazing is it that we don't have to work a nine to five in this day and age anymore? Like, I remember when the pandemic hit and we had to work from home and I was waking up, going to my desk, which was in my room, working for eight hours and going right back to bed. Like who wants to wake up just to be a machine typing away, working for a big corporation where someone else is getting richer. And I could go on and on about my whole philosophy on working for somebody else. Long story short, that's not what I want to do in my life. Shout out to the girls who do that and to everyone who they want to climb the ladder and that is their life goal. And we do need those people to make the world go round. But for me personally, I'm a creative and I want to leave my impact on the world yeah so yeah I love that and just this in the same way that I value freedom there are some people that value stability you know what I mean like some people want a stable ass life they value security so like whatever is going to guarantee them security like if they can see a path to whatever it is that they want and they know this path this is going to work then they're going to do that and I love people like that and we need that balance right those people that are willing to bet on themselves and take chances and take that risk regardless they don't know what the outcome is going to be but then we also need the people that are like all right I'm going to do it this way because I know this way works and this is what I want this is my end goal and that is what I'm going for um so it's like you kind of need both Tell me how you kind of went from this fashion intern to getting paid the big bucks working at HBO Max. Like, what was that journey? Basically, I was saying my friend gifted me that book while I lived in D.C. And then when I read that, I was like, okay, I need to follow my dreams and move to New York, which was always like, one day I want to live in New York. And it's like, how long are you going to say one day? The time is now. So I moved to New York broke as ever. I had no money saved. I transferred with the menswear company to the financial district. I helped open a store there and I was in charge of the visuals and hated it. Hated my job. Every day, like, I just knew clocking in, that was not for me. So I'm also big on social currency. I'm a huge social butterfly. It fills me up to walk into a room. I love going to events alone, walking into a room. My goal is to always speak to 10 new people that I don't know. And without fail, every time I make a new friend when I leave, I leave with new friends. Absolutely. What's like your intro? Like, how do you do that? I feel like I'm such a social butterfly, but I'd prefer for people to walk up to me or just to naturally fall into a conversation. But sometimes I get social anxiety. So like, how do you do that? Yeah, social anxiety. I do have that a lot, but I one on one, I don't have it as much. It's when I'm on stage speaking in front of a crowd. I get terrible anxiety, like paralyzing stage fright. But when it comes to one-on-one interactions, I believe I'm the one who approached you at the... Girls Out of Office. So I was at the summit at Soho Warehouse, and we had just finished our conversation for the day. She came up to me. She was like, oh, my God, I love what you're doing. Like, let's figure out how we can collaborate. And here we are filming this this podcast. Like, obviously, I know how that worked in that instance. But, like, how would you just, like, go up to someone and, like, say hi? A lot of times I give them a compliment, which is so cliche. Like, Mm -hmm. I listened to your episode about the girl who complimented your beauty and was like, we should be friends. She slid into your DMs and told you, you're pretty, let's be friends, and you hate that. 
But when I approach people, it'll always be like, oh my God, your braids. Who did your braids? I love them. And then it just opens up a conversation. Some people are more standoffish where they're just like, thanks. And then they turn the shoulder and they walk away. But you never know. Some people are so open to talking to you and so friendly. And it really just takes that first approach. And so... I always approach people with a compliment or a question. If we're both reaching for the same thing, if there's like finger food there and like we're eating, I'm like, oh, do you like that? Like, just finding any, what kind of drink are you drinking? What did you order? Like finding anything. And I credit my parents for that. My parents are major social people. One thing that always works for me is if it's a guy, I'm like, you look so familiar. Where do I know you from? And it always works. It always works. They, they, then they really look at you and then they try to remember where they know your face from. Then it's, what's your name? Where are you from? So that always opens up the door for a conversation. So that's just how I make friends. Okay. I love that. I love that. So you're working um, in the financial district. You yeah. just opened up a store. You're doing visuals and you're like, I hate this. But one thing I know that I love is being a social butterfly. So where did that take you? So it was New Year's Eve. I went to this party. I saw a stylist there who I know, who I knew of. And I just approached her, introduced myself. We followed each other on Instagram. Um, and I remember the exact date. It was January 4th. She went live. I joined her live. And I pitched myself as her intern. And I said, you know, I just came up with this pitch. And I said it live in front of a whole audience. She's like, Instagram famous. And she said, okay, email me your resume and title it Candace with the K because that's how I introduced myself to her. And she said, I'll remember you. Long story short, she hired me as an intern. I quit my job working for that suit company. And I had, again, no money saved, but I'm all about quitting your job and okay. following your dreams. <laughs> how, wait, how are you paying your bills? I would sell my clothes. I would just hustle, basically. I was so mm -hmm. broke that some of my friends worked at like Glossier and um, like Revolt and all these corporations. I would go visit them at work. And you know how they have the little snacks in the kitchen? I would take a bag of yeah. chips. That would be my dinner. Like, oh my God. Protein bars. Oh, you were really, oh wow. Okay. Struggle, hustling. Yeah. I remember yeah. being at Empanada Mama's in Lower East Side. Yes, and girl. Knowing that I had $10 in my bank account and ordering just enough food, it came up to like $8. But my card declined, and I was like, what's going on? I checked my account. Apple Music took my last little $10. <laughs> like, I was so broke. I was so broke. But I was hustling. So, okay. yes, that stylist started this whole journey that I couldn't have even imagined like just this colorful journey filled with drama and I just feel like it was the path I was destined to be on drama and all like all the struggles I wouldn't trade it for anything wait now for the listeners that that don't know this stylist is the Miranda of your web series correct no oh no. this isn't so I started working for her and then a few more people until there was this other stylist who the Miranda character is based off of, who I loved. I looked up to her so much. I loved her style and um, I really respected her. So I stalked her and I found her assistant. 
And I cold DM'd her assistant and I said, hey, this is my portfolio that I've built so far. Um, I'm wondering if Miranda is looking for an intern. And her assistant responded like, we're actually opening our spring applications. Um, so I had quit my job in January, this was spring. And they were like, come meet us. And I did an interview and I was so nervous because this was like the first job where I really wanted to work with them. And they ended up hiring me and <laughs> Yeah, so it started the whole story. <laughs> the rest is history. Now, this is a real stylist. This is like someone that we all know, we all have looked up to. If you're interested in fashion, you you definitely know who she is. Um, and then you had quite the experience. You were like paying your own way. Like it was just tough. How did that feel? was crushing to realize that it wasn't what I expected at all from someone who I really looked up to and admired and she seemed like such a girl's girl on social media but you really when you see behind the veil they say you should never meet your idols you see behind the veil and you realize okay this is really like the black version of the devil wears Prada mm -hmm. <laughs> this is really like mean girls this is really like they treat you like you're at the bottom of the totem pole like you're not paid you're not provided any lunch you're not reimbursed for transportation you're not appreciated for any of the hard work that you do but if you make a mistake then you're ripped a new asshole mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> so it was a thankless job i wouldn't trade it for anything i had so much fun like it was so stressful to the point where it affected my health, but still like, I know they say you shouldn't glamorize these experiences, but I really valued that experience. Um, it taught me a lot and it taught me more about the type of person I want to be when I have people working under me. And also I've always had like a disdain for authority. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like answering to anyone and it seeps out of my pores. So that was one of oh the Oh my god, same. Yes. Oh my god, same. But I I want to back up just a tiny bit. Um because there was a tip that you gave the girls and you may have um missed it, but you said that you reached out to the assistant and having been an assistant, let me tell you something reach out to the assistant, find their assistant, reach out to them. A lot of times, yes, you can cold turkey email them, but they may not see it because their emails are flooded with inbounds and inquiries. Um, but if you can find the assistant, reach out to the assistant and the assistant's going to hit you back up. You know what I mean? Like, and if you don't hear from them, find their email, email them. Like, I love that strategy. Um, and then back to your point about, you know, it being a thankless job and you disdain authority, honey. I feel you a hundred percent. Some people aren't meant to work for other people. However, to get to a point where you don't have to work for other people, you have to learn how to work for other people, right? And so it does suck that like you met someone that was your idol and they turned out to kind of be shit. Um, why do you think that was? You know what I mean? I feel like as you get to learn people, you either realize that they have internalized insecurities or they went through this, so they want me to go through this. Like, why do you think that was the relationship. Yes, I think that generation, um, she's maybe like, I wanna say maybe 40 years old, maybe 45, early 40s. That generation was very much like, 
you have to grind for it. You have to prove yourself. We're not going to praise you for the job you're supposed to do. We're not going to thank you for working for free 15-hour days, like not eating, like sacrificing your entire life for my project. Like they would never thank you for that, which I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't either. Yeah. It's like, okay, it sucks that you went through that, but like, isn't the whole idea to like make a change, right? To make sure that other people don't have to go through that. But no, because you went through it. You had a hard time. You want me to have a hard time. You want me to go through it. And that's just, that's just not how life should work, honestly. I don't think so either. And I think especially as black women, we really have to be there for each other. I made it a point to work under black women because I feel like they were me at some point. So they understand how it feels to be in my shoes. So I thought they would treat me with compassion and like embrace their younger self through me. But it's just not like that. And I made a vow to myself that I would be that mentor. I would be that person once I have a team. Throughout that experience, I would email myself little, all my thoughts, because email is password protected and it's digital, so you can access it from anywhere. I'm big on journaling. I'm big on writing things down physically, but I'm also big on having like my thoughts in a place where I can keep them forever and they're digitized and everything. So I would email myself my thoughts, and my email signature was, thanks, Candace Banks. And I would go back and read through my thoughts and be like, you know what? This will be a fire web series one day. Mm -hmm. I love that. It was a crazy story. I actually lived it. Um, I ended up getting into a car accident that put everything on hold. And I'll be talking about that in season three, which is coming soon. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be out. Yes. So by the time this comes out, season three will already be out on my Instagram at underscore Candace and my TikTok at Candace.Banks. And make sure you're spelling Candace right. It's K-A-N-D-A-C-E. Yes. Tune in. Season three. Let's go. I love it. Um, so you were in New York to like do the whole fashion thing. You said you always wanted to do it. Um, you were broke as a joke. Then you finally were like hustling, getting the right jobs, getting in front of the right people. Um, but what kind of took you from East Coast to West Coast? So I got in the car accident in 2019. And then after recovery, I was in recovery for like six months doing like rehab on my shoulder, which was fractured and took me out the game for a little bit. Finally, I recovered and I started styling again and I was just starting to get my footing and March 2020 hit. It was actually a really dark time for me, maybe the darkest time I've ever experienced. And I mean, it's not fun to talk about. I'm a super happy, bubbly person, but that was the first time I ever felt real anxiety, true anxiety. It was the first time I ever had my first panic attack. It was the first time I dealt with insomnia and I had a lot of very sleepless nights where I literally watched the sun come up. I felt that way because you know, March 2020 was when nobody really knew how people were catching COVID. I remember people were saying you can catch it through your eyeballs, through your ears, like wear sunglasses, wear headphones, like wear a mask. We were washing things down from the grocery store. I was afraid to touch my mail. It was a scary time. And I was like, the world is never opening back up. The world is never going to open back up. You really got me at people were saying you could get it through your eyeballs. 
People were actually saying that. People were saying all types of things. They were. I remember like they would drop off the groceries and then I'd get my Clorox wipes and I would wipe down all the groceries before bringing them into the house. Like I, to this day, wash my hands after touching anything. Before the pandemic, I didn't always wash my hands. I wasn't washing my hands all the time. Truth be told, I did not always wash my hands. After the pandemic, my personal hygiene is like 10 out of 10. I'll give it like a 7 prior, a 10 after. I'm washing everything down to the ground. Take your shoes off outside. Don't come in here with those shoes. Thank you. I've always been a germaphobe. So when that all happened, I was living in Harlem, literally looking out my window. Nobody was wearing masks. Nobody was staying indoors. The train, I couldn't. Touching the poles on the train. Like you wouldn't even go on the train. Like during the pandemic, no one knew what was happening down there. The same way they were saying you could catch COVID through your eyeballs. They were saying that people were eating people alive underground. (laughs) So like you didn't want to go to zombie land. Like you didn't want to get eaten alive. You thought you were going to come. You thought you were going to die while you were down there. No one was taking the train. To this day, some people still don't take the train because of the pandemic. I know. And then they were showing all the dead bodies coming out of Italy and stuff. And I was just terrified. Like, I was like, the world is never going back to normal. I can't be a stylist anymore. They're never going to let us gather in groups for a photo shoot. What the hell am I going to do with my life? I've spent the past damn near decade chasing being like a fashion stylist. And now I feel like my entire plan has crumbled just as I was starting to really make a name for myself, and I never felt fully embraced by the fashion community. Okay, unpack that. Why do you think that is? What made you feel like you weren't fully embraced? Was there like a specific group that you wanted to enter and they just shunned you? Like kind of walk me through that journey. Yes, there was a specific group of people who I would have loved to be in that crowd, but I just feel like, unfortunately, we live in a day and age where everything is about like, status and appearing successful on social media and like posting your work I feel like Instagram is nothing but like an announcement board of like success and milestones and now more than ever now Now more than ever ever. it is wild and when you meet people I say this all the time you meet people the first thing they want they don't even want your phone number anymore your phone number i don't need to text you follow me on instagram let's get each other on instagram it's like become the linkedin it's become the phone number it's become the email it's become everything so i hear you when you say instagram is an announcement board because you have so many people watching you right like even people from business are watching you people that you might want to collaborate with they're watching your instagram it's no more like social friends just like having fun it's definitely an announcement board it really is and i've never been like a social media girl i was never a tumblr girl i was never a twitter girl and social media gives me anxiety and if i really sit and think about it too deeply i probably would never open the app again but um i think it's because i was afraid to post that i was an assistant for my miranda character i never wanted to post it i kind of felt like she would feel some type of way about that so like my instagram had none of my work on there none of the projects that i I worked so hard on so i feel like people thought that i was saying i was 
in fashion and a stylist, but I really wasn't that in real life when it was actually the exact opposite. I wanted to be low-key about what I was really doing until I'm the type of person where when I pop out, it's going to be I have an article in Vogue that I styled. That's who I, that's who I was. So mm-hmm. since people didn't see, like, my credibility, they didn't really take me seriously. And I feel like I wasn't really, really accepted into that circle fully. What were those conversations like? Wasn't really a conversation unless you um, watch season one, episode three of my web series when I got into it with Ashley. Um, unpack that. Season one, episode three. Candace is going to spill the tea. <laughs> I worked for this girl named Ashley. Like I said before, I have a deep disdain for authority. I'm also brutally honest. I'm a Libra. I'm just like, I don't hide anything. If I'm feeling some type of way, you're going to know. So I didn't think she had taste or style. I thought she was kind of dusty. So I let her know that. And you were working for her? I was working for her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this before or after Miranda? This is after Miranda. And coming from Miranda, okay, Miranda might not have had the personality of like a warm, friendly mentor, but she had taste. She was professional and she had style. This person was unprofessional. She had no style, but she was getting opportunities because sometimes work ethic outweighs talent. It does. It does. It really does. That's why you hear these mid-ass songs on the radio because they didn't stop. That's why you see these mid-ass series on your television screen. They said, you know what? I'm actually going to do it. I'm I'm actually going to do it and then I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep putting myself out there. I'm going to keep networking. I'm going to keep reaching out to people's assistants. Like I'm going to keep going. And then look, boom. Yeah. And I admire that. I worked for her. I let her know that I didn't like her style and I didn't want to put, I didn't want to attach my name to what we were putting on these models. It was so bad. What was bad about it? Was it, were the pieces themselves bad? Was it the styling that was bad? What was bad? The pieces themselves were giving goodwill, um, repurposed vintage, which nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't what the client wanted at all. And the client actually happened to be my friend. And I was so embarrassed. When I put my name on something, I wanted to be out of this world, like bomb, fire visuals, great fit, great tailoring. Like I just wanted to be fire and it just wasn't that. Fast forward, we got into it. She pulled me out into the hall. She told me about myself and- What'd she say about you? What did she say about you? She told me that. <laughs> I could write a book of the things people tell me about myself. I know exactly what's about to come out of someone's mouth when they pull me aside about myself. They're going to be like, you think you're better than everybody else? <laughs> it's the way you talk. You're kind of condescending. I've heard it a million times. Okay. I know those are my issues. I'm working on it in therapy. Thanks. Anything wrong with my work? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I mean, we are we the same person? We have the same experience. But she told me that, and I remember it word for word because I wrote it down in my email, my Thanks Candace Banks email right after. And she told me that I had the look, I had the style, I had the talent, but she said that I didn't have the meat to my patty, which is literally word for word what she said. What the hell does that mean? And she also knew who Miranda was, and she hired me because I used to work for Miranda. And so she told me, you think you're Miranda? You're not. 
And it was just like a real like heated moment in the hallway where she told me like, I need to humble myself basically. I've been told that. So you get it. I get it. Bosses will be bosses. I'm so sorry. No matter who you work for, no matter who you're working with, if you're a boss, you will be a boss. You were born a boss. Okay. And bosses don't like hiring other bosses. You know what I mean? Like they want employees, right? Someone that's not going to outshine the master. Unfortunately, when you can outshine the master, sometimes it just happens. And like, you didn't mean for it to happen. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't mean for my taste to be better than yours. I came to work for you because I thought you knew what you were doing. You don't. I'm trying to help you. And now I need to humble myself. I'm so confused. What is going on? That's literally how I felt. And I sometimes I wonder, like, the greats, when they were coming up, did people see their light and realize, oh, this person is a superstar? And were they threatened? Because, like, imagine Naomi Campbell, like a young Naomi Campbell, before anyone knew who she was and she was just starting out and she believed in herself so much. Or, like, Kanye. Is Kanye a good example? I don't, I don't know. Let's say Anna Wintour. Anna Wintour probably knew who she was destined to become even before other people could see it. And maybe when she was just starting out and she had the taste that she has now and she would see these people who were in these powerful positions and be like, I have more taste than you, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I could basically do your job. And I wonder if she got into any hot water with people when she was being trained. And I wonder if she struggled with authority. It's like, sometimes people, like you said, they just can't handle working with a budding boss, a boss in the making. Mm -hmm. And that's not even like being conceited or like full of myself or delusional. Even though I do have, I pride myself in my delusional self-confidence. You have to, because if you're on social media, okay, then they want to tell you you are not shit. Every chance they get, social media wants to tell you, you're not shit, you'll never be shit, don't think that you're shit, don't try that shit. You have to have this undeniable self-confidence that just ooze from like the inside of you and you like so believe in your talents, you so believe, like that is my destiny, I know exactly where I'm going, I know exactly what's at the end of that finish line. Otherwise, like you'll get lost. You'll get so lost. There's just like shit thrown at our faces. There's people that are trying to stop us. There's people that are trying to humble us to a point where we don't even want to wake up and go to work anymore. Like, so you just got to like have the confidence to just kind of push through. You really do. And that's what I did. So when the pandemic hit, I realized, okay, I have a major story on my hands. And this New York, as much as it sucks to admit it, I didn't reach the level that I wanted to in the styling industry, but I do feel in my soul and my gut, it's a gut feeling again. I feel in my gut that it's time to move on and it's the pandemic. Let's go. Let's let's change everything. I was scared to get on an airplane because again, I'm a germaphobe and it was a pandemic. My parents drove to come get me back to Indiana for a little brief intermission. And then as I was packing my stuff up, I have a phobia of a fear of opening mail, like physical mail. It gives me anxiety, so I don't open it. I had a stack of mail. And as I was packing my boxes, I found this letter from an insurance company. And I said, what is this? I opened it and my godmother had passed away and left me an inheritance. 
on top of the settlement check that I got from my car accident. <laughs> okay, so as you were talking, like just this whole story, I said, this girl has to have a trust somewhere. We found the money, guys. We found the money. Her pockets are laced. She's good, okay? <laughs> Wait, that is wild. Crazy. I'm like, okay, again, universe, I feel like, okay, this is going to get so cheesy and deep. Let's hear it. But I feel like when you have a calling and you actually take the adventure to really let it unfold, it just like things fall from the sky. I mean, throughout my life, blessings have literally just fallen into my lap. Like, it's unfortunate that I got into a car accident, but wow, a settlement check. <laughs> it's unfortunate that my godmother passed away, and, but this insurance company had tried to reach me for a whole year about my inheritance from her. Right when I decided to move to LA and again, like quit my job and move across country and everything shut down so I didn't have any work. Yeah, I used those two lump sums to start a new life in LA with a story, a juicy story. Honestly, that's serendipitous. You couldn't have written that yourself. You know, that was just like meant to happen. Like, oh, and by the way, here's a shit ton of money. Um, And you have a really good story. Where should I go? Mm, I should probably go to LA. I should probably go to Hollywood. <laughs> I should probably run to Hollywood with my money and go start a new life. And that's what you did. The universe was screaming Hollywood to me. And that's what I did. Yeah. I had a best friend out here. Long story is coming in season three. I'm talking about the whole thing. I moved in with her and it was like, how do I even explain like what the pandemic was to me. It was like just a peaceful, blissful break after the hustle I had just went through in New York, grinding, moving to LA with the palm trees and the ocean and yeah, it's hiking. The colors here just really fill my soul and inspire me. The sunsets, like I'm the type of person where I see a good sunset, it stops me in my tracks and I really soak it all up and I just appreciate my, just like the free visuals in the sky. Like I'm that mm -hmm. type of person. So mm -hmm. I moved to LA and it was just, it was just heaven basically after the rough little patch I had went through. It wasn't a little patch, you were down bad. I was down bad. But that empanada mama story, that is wild. I hope you canceled your Apple music. <laughs> I did. I did. It gave me a chance to put everything on pause and really figure out where was my life headed because I had been chasing this dream for so long and then it unexpectedly all came to a screeching halt. And I was on this new path. But like Walter Russell in The Man Who Tapped Into the Secrets of the Universe, there are periods of your life that are, okay, that period was for becoming a stylist. I did that. I have the story. I can write the book. I'm going to write this web series about it. And now my new goal, my new North Star is being an actress. And how 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 do you create a TV show? Maybe you should be like Issa Rae and start a web series first. Where is the web series going to live? There's something called TikTok that's becoming more popular. Maybe I should try that out. So that's what I did, literally. I had this crazy vision. I've always been a dreamer with these huge visions. So I had this vision of like, 
I had thought I would put the web series on YouTube and it would be like a 20 minute, 20 to 30 minute thing. And then I thought, what if I could crunch it all into under three minutes for each episode and really captivate my audience that way and tell like a crazy story that way? Genius, because let me tell you what people don't know how to do. They don't know how to captivate an audience. And if you haven't seen Thanks, Candace Banks, then you need to, because when I tell you, first of all, the production is next to none. It is so clean. It is so next to level. On top of that, music top tier, the looks, the fashion, and I'm sure you style it yourself. I mean, you look absolutely stunning. I think a lot of times people have ideas for things and then they want people to give them money to like create the idea. But like you have something great. It's just a matter of finding the right person. You just need to align with the right person that's going to give you the creative liberty to take it to the next level. But it's fun. It's so, so, so enjoyable. So I'm excited to just sink my teeth into season three. And if you haven't checked it out, I really encourage you. If you are interested in doing a web series, I encourage you to take notes because Candace knows what she's doing. I'm just saying. Oh my God. I don't even know what to say after that. The fact that you complimented the music means so much to me because you don't know how long I spend picking the perfect instrumental for each episode. I put so much work into it. I don't even know where to start with that web series. It's incredible. So tell me how you come from a fashion background. So like, how did you even know how to edit, how to produce, how to storyboard, how to bring this concept to life? What was that process like? Because lots of people have ideas, but not only do you have a really good idea, you have executed it in the most perfect way possible. Oh my God, thank you. It started off as such a huge idea that I was actually really overwhelmed by it. But I think... We don't have our ideas for no reason. I think they're there for us to bring them to life and really change the world. So I broke down my idea by like figuring out that I could do it in three minute episodes. I was scared as hell to put it out because I'm like, I'm talking about real people. This is a real story. Um, I'm scared to put this out there because what are they going to think about it? And, you know, yeah, we're so con- any backlash, which there was actually. I was going to ask you that. We'll get into that. Or should we just get into it now? I'll walk you through it. OK, mind you, Miranda is a real person, a real stylist that you all probably know. Okay, and thanks, Candace Banks is a major web series. Viral. Everybody knows what it is. If you don't know what it is, now you know what it is. So how the hell are you getting away with this? I tested the waters. Season one, I gave an overview of everything, and then people were guessing in the comments. Well, first of all, when I put it out, I was like, I'm probably going to have to build my audience. Like, it's probably going to be slow. No. First episode, viral. And to me, viral back then, I got 300,000 views like first day. And I was like, oh my God, it's lit. Yes. That's viral. But my season two finale is like at 5.5 million views. So you want to talk about viral. People are eating this up. I thought I would have to work for years to build this type of engagement and audience, but it just goes to show when you have a story and you're being true to yourself and you're really bringing those 
ideas that are genuine to you to life, it's like your soul meets your creativity purpose. and your talent and your purpose. So that's what has happened for me. Um, my process is I storyboard by like drawing little squares and mapping out what I'm going to say and then figuring out the locations, which by the way, I filmed every episode in my office at HBO Max. <laughs> Use everything you have available. I'm a big believer and you have everything you need. And I am like the walking example of that. How did you get away with that? You might be a ninja, okay? Because the way you are dodging and weaving through these hoops is insane. You're doing the podcast at HBO Max. You film your series at HBO Max. You're talking about a real-life, well-known stylist, and you're going viral every single video you drop. Like, what is going on? Yeah. I'm just like, put it out there. Tell your story and use everything you have available. I'm big on, like, milking your resources mm. so there are multiple characters um there was a character named imani where i had an original episode and her friend sent it to her and imani reached out to me and was like you signed an nda when you worked for me you need to take this down and this was season one still where she like reached out to me and threatened me she said she would take me to court um it was going to be this huge thing so I actually did take the episode down and I took a few of the details out to make it a little bit more anonymous. Yeah, I have had a little backlash, but for the most part, it's been nothing but a success. And I'm so excited for where it's headed. Oh, honey, it is headed places. Have you had any backlash from the Miranda? No, surprisingly. That's good. That's good. I have not spoken to her since I quit in working for her in 2018, actually. Okay. I feel like, honestly, like that's on par with who that person is. Babe, you put me through it. Now let me tell my story. And it's also like, if you don't want word to spread about you, then treat people right. Do you expect people, be a good person, do you expect people to never tell their story? Like, if you want people to speak highly of you, then treat them well. And I think that, not that you should treat people based on who they end up becoming, but I think you never know where your intern is going to end up. Kenya Barris was an intern on Girlfriends, and look where he ended up. Like, you never know where... Well, I don't think he was an intern. Let me not misspeak. I think he may have been like a PA, something along the lines. He was very entry level girlfriends. And one of the one of the actresses treated him very poorly. And I heard. she spoke up and she was like, Kenya Barris was not. She was like, and I treated him like shit. And now look at him. Did you see that clip? Yeah. Like you really, you really, 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 really never know. You really never know. And I think that when I was an intern, people treated me and all of us terribly. And it's like they never knew what I was going to end up doing with that story and that experience. And I think that Miranda has definitely seen the web series because some of her close friends have followed me. I know she's seen it and I've been nervous. Like, what if I run into her? Like, what is she going to say? Is it going to be smoke when I see her? Is it going to be like... I love what you're doing. It's so hilarious, the story you're telling about me. I don't know. I have not run into her. But my goal is to really turn this into a TV show because I have big visions for that. And I think that one of my hidden talents is directing. Babe, that's not hidden. 
You you are a director. That is not a hidden wow. talent. That is that is your talent, baby. I don't like depending on people to do what I want to do, but I really want a mentor who can show me the ropes in like basically everything I want to do with this TV show. I have spoken to agencies who were mm-hmm. interested in picking the show up and helping me get it developed, but they were all white men who really don't connect with me on the level of they're going to fight for me to get my show picked up. I've pitched it so many times. Like I still haven't had any articles written about or like any press or publicity some of the people I've reached out to for press who have PR agencies who are boss ladies didn't respond to my email and we're actually like acquaintances and really yeah and I think people don't take me seriously and I think it's only a matter of time before somebody does see where this is headed and somebody does it takes one yes and I'm waiting on that one yes if my life has shown me anything it's that things come at the time they're supposed to come and I have a feeling that this is going to be huge it's going to be major it's going to be a staple in the culture it's going to be the black sex in the city like we need a show about black women in fashion we really 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 need it okay because we were Feeding off of the hills, feeding off of the city. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. ate it up. The Zoe Project, Kel on Earth. We really need to see ourselves in those spaces because we all know we're there. Black and fashion is real. Back to your point. You think it's all kumbaya, but it's not. It's not. It's very catty. It's very surface level. It's very like social status. It's very like, what can you do for me? And that story needs to be told. Like it really needs to be told. You have the story, babe, and you're telling it. Um, it's just a matter of time. Have your pitch down and just like send it out and just keep doing it and it'll, it'll work out. So. You're obviously on the right path. I agree, and which is why I just quit my job. I need the time to free up so I can pitch myself. I can spend all day like location scouting and doing everything I need to do for the next episode and editing because I didn't know that I could edit. I didn't know I could film and edit myself. Also, I do my voiceovers here at the office, too, because we have these little sound booths. And now I'm like, where am I going to do my voiceovers? But I'm going to figure it out. You're going to set it up at home. I'm at home. Like, my studio is in my apartment. I edit everything. I produce everything. It's just, it's so nice to be able to do it all. But, you know, one thing that I have learned, and I think even with your time, and we can talk about this off air, now that you have more time to figure things out, I think that it would be very valuable for you to have a team. Find people that see the vision, that want to work with you. You've done it all, so you know what you don't want to do. And I think when people try to build a team at the beginning, it's like, you don't even know what you're doing. So like, for me, like, I've done it all. I've been doing this shit for like, going into two years now. I know exactly what I don't want to do. I know I don't want to do this anymore. I know I don't want to do this anymore. And so like, building a team and being able to delegate, like, it just makes it so much easier. If you don't want a location scout, you have a team, one person, two people, maybe just an assistant. And have her get a girl. They're more, you know, meticulous. They're more detail oriented. But she'll do the location scouting for you. She'll compile a list of a bunch of writers for you to reach out to. Like, get a team. Get someone that sees your vision and go after it. And I always think about when I was in Texas and I followed Daniel Bernstein, who is now kind of problematic, whatever the case may be. But Daniel Bernstein, when I was younger... 
I followed her and she had this assistant, Mo. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever that she had someone who understood her vision and they could work on it together. And I, when I look at her success, I'm like, it really does come down. She had a mini team. Like a lot of people have little teams. And so, you know, you really got to find people that believe in you, that you can build with, um, that see your vision. And I feel like now that you have time, girl, I could show you exactly how to build a team. It may be time to to get some people on board with you because that's that's what it takes. It frees up your time. Like you can focus on bigger picture. You know, you don't have to do every single little thing. You can pass it on to someone and then it's it makes it easier for you. Yes, because I do want to add something that was so it was like a game changer for my web series. I actually from the beginning wanted to have like actresses in there with me but you know people need to see proof of concept before they support you and I actually asked a close friend who is an actress and we knew each other in New York and she was part of that whole great migration to LA because I feel like a lot of New Yorkers moved to LA so she came out here and I asked her to be in my season one episode she confirmed I called her the night before we set it all up she confirmed again the day came and went she never showed up I was so angry with her and that led to me just putting on the outfit that I was going to style her in and playing the character myself and then that led to the signature style of my web series it's you it's like the outfit changes and it's like it's you and then it's you again and then it's you next to you and I'm like how the hell is she doing this it's so good candace thank you you are really so so talented and like i'm so happy that you know we bumped into each other in la and i'm so happy that i get to learn more about your series and your journey and how you got here it's a very real story and i feel like a lot of people can resonate with it what i'm taking away from it is Bet on yourself and just do it. Like, do it. You have all the resources. You have all the resources. You have the story because you lived it. And whenever, like, life throws a wrench at you, like, babe, there's... Just get through it. Just get through it because there's something on the other side of that mountain or hill. Exactly. Or whatever the case may be. But I am just so impressed by you. I love talented people like that are genuinely talented. <laughs> I love nothing more than to be just in the ambiance of a talented person, a talented woman. So you obviously have such an inspirational story, um, but I want to like bring us to now, like to date, right? What would you call this chapter in your life? Wow, that's a deep question. This might help. What would you call this chapter in your life? And what are your priorities? I will call this chapter of my life, bet on yourself. Quit your job and bet on yourself. That's literally what I'm in the process of doing. And my priorities are, I really need to spend time, like I said, getting out of this rut that I found myself in. And the rut is when I'm living in this like reactive state, whereas like, I'll wake up in the morning and just go through the motions, like be like, oh, I have a meeting in 10 minutes. And I didn't even like wake up and look at my calendar for the day to be prepared because I'm not excited about it. I'm not enthusiastic because working a nine to five really drains me because that's not my calling and my passion. But I did it for the paycheck and the experience. So I want to live in a 
proactive state where I'm planning a week in advance. I'm excited about like this interview. I've been planning for like two weeks and just like so excited to talk to you, Kim. Like I've been so excited for this and this is what fills me up and this is what I feel like I'm meant to do. So I just want to get back to being excited about what I have going on because that also fuels my creativity and I need to go live life so I can be able to tell my story. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. I hear you on preparation. I'm definitely in a space where I'm planning ahead. And the company that I work for, um, nine to five, they are working like two years ahead. They work so far in advance. They do not take any last minute collaborations. Oh, can you? No, they were. It's 2023. (laughs) We're planning 2025. And so I have taken that and like, it is so important. Like plan ahead. Give yourself time to do things. Yes. Like you have to give yourself the times to do things and to do them well. Um, but obviously we're all human, right? Yeah. Like shit happens. Um, we get tired. We don't want to, right? We get resistant and we can fall behind. But as long as we know that like we got to get back on the horse, got to get back on the saddle, then we can like, you know, I always try to like work for tomorrow and not for today. Like if exactly. I can master that, yeah, then, you know, you can really alleviate some of that headache. I don't feel like I'm not in control of my days. I don't feel like I'm like drowning in things that I have to catch up on because I haven't like prepared myself in advance. So that's where I'm currently at. If I'm going to be honest, I'm currently in a space where I just feel like I need to crawl out of and like take control back over my life. Yeah. I hear you. I was in a rut. Oh my God. I I promise you, I got out of a rut on Monday. I was in a rut for a month. After Girls Out of Office to Monday, it was exactly a month, I was in a rut. I was down really bad. Like I didn't have energy. I was still getting things done, but like I was very much doing the bare minimum. I was like reaching out to people. We had a conversation. I was following back up with people. Like if things were coming in, I would like shoot a fire off the email. Like you know, take the Zoom call. But it was very like low effort, like trying not to expend too much energy because I was exhausted. Yes. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we have to keep going. We can't stop. We can't fall off. Like we just have to keep on it. Um, So yes, you're in a rut now. Give yourself time do the bare minimum. You still got to get shit done, right? Like we still, yeah. we're bosses. Like we we have responsibility. Um, but some days, like just chill. Just take an off day, you know? I need just two days to reset. I need a hard reset. Yeah. And I, I just got a new book, Atomic Habits. I haven't read it yet. I want to read it at the beach. Okay, nice. Because nice. I live in LA with next to the beach. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we live in New York with lots of tall buildings. <laughs> I'd like to wrap this episode up with a segment called Red Light, Green Light. So I'm going to give you a hot topic and you'll give me your unfiltered opinion. Red light means I vehemently disagree. Green light means I agree with every bone in my body. And yellow means I have a fence stuck up my ass. So I don't know. Okay, are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, great. The first one, red light, green light. Open relationships. Yellow light. Oh, really? Yes. 
I'm not completely red on that. I'm open to it. I think that I'm currently in a situation where we have discussed that. Really? Yes. I'm open-minded. And okay. I'm almost completely open to it but i'm also like don't touch my man you know like don't touch my man i'm not sharing my man and i don't want any parts of that but then it's like what if since men have basically never been able to keep it in their pants and like i've dealt with infidelity my whole life with my parents and all of that what if that saves a relationship where somebody doesn't feel completely fulfilled by you and maybe they need a little extra something and then they find someone who does only that thing and then they always come back home to you. I have like an open-minded view on that. Okay. So that would get you over the hump, like the potential for it to save a relationship. Yes. Okay. Well, girl, when you try it, you come back to Rich Little Broke Girls and we will have a conversation about open relationships um, and we'll see how it works out for you. But I've met people and they are so about it, like trying to convert me. I personally am a red light right now in this stage of my life, but like you never know, I could be yellow in a couple years. Yeah, right now I'm like red, (laughs) hard, stop. Do not enter, dead end. (laughs) (laughs) But wait until you've been in a relationship for three years and you're living with that person and things might get a little stale and then you might meet someone on the side that sparks a flame and then you're like, well, what if just for one night and, you know, maybe and my man said he would be fine with it. Then it's like a conversation. Yes. Long-term relationships that have maybe lost a spark. Mm-hmm. It's definitely situational. I'm a single woman out here, so I'm getting tons of sparks <laughs> and I can pursue whatever spark that I'm into. <laughs> I love that. You know? for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Red light, green light, dating in New York. Green light. Okay. Green light to dating in New York. Yes. I dated such a wide range of people in New York that really opened my eyes to the world where it's like, I'm open to dating the rich white guy who lives in the Upper East Side and he flies me out on trips and, you know, he gives me $100 cash for my Uber ride home. That was only $13 and he's in real estate. But also like the Nigerian who throws the parties and they're lit and we're sweaty, we're dancing and it's just a good time. Like it's nothing serious. I dated a wide range. Maybe I'm also open to someone who might be bisexual and has experimented with that like nail polish everything i'm open to like a tyler the creator meets new york type of guy you know i'm very open-minded oh my god wait i love to hear this wait can we explore this like (laughs) bisexual conversation because i've said it on this podcast before some girls are into it like i had a friend and i know you guys have heard this a million times but i had a friend in college who was dating this guy and he was bisexual like sometimes he liked to play with other men and she was cool with it so like where do you think you get that level of acceptance or curiosity or just like you're like i'm down i think it's because i am not bisexual but have i met women that i find attractive absolutely And I think that our society and our culture, especially black culture, 
shames men for being gay and for being curious. But when it's women, like we get a pass and I don't think that's fair. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'm a Libra. I'm all about fairness and equality and justice. I don't think it's fair that if I find a woman interesting, it's not really so taboo if I were to say, oh, I kissed her. Like, some guys will find that sexy. Some guys would love to watch that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think, like, even when it comes to threesomes, it's okay for two women and a man. But, like, if my man is like, a threesome with another man? Absolutely not. And it's like so off the table. But I think that men should be allowed to explore their sexuality in the same way women are. And I think that it's not fair that we get that freedom and they don't. Yeah, that is true. And I agree with that. My question to you, would you marry someone, if you believe in marriage, would you marry someone that was bisexual? I've dated someone who was openly bisexual, but I don't know about marriage because it's like... I have to worry about infidelity with anybody. Like, anybody could get it. And I'm, like, looking over my shoulder about everybody. I don't know about that. <laughs> Dating is cool. But when it comes to a marriage, like, that's a different story. <laughs> that's a red light in marriage. A nice surface level dating experience. I can do that. Red light, green light. Dating a man that's shorter than you. How tall are you? I'm actually pretty short. I'm 5'2". <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's hard. But I have dated a man who was 5'4", and it was a little bit of a turnoff because I am an alpha female who is attracted to alpha males, and he was so beta. And then on top of the fact that he was small, like we shared clothes at one point, I was just like... I can't, but we were such a dynamic duo creative wise. Like he really got my vision and I've never found someone like him again, but his height. It was just, yeah, it was his height. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was taller than you. (laughs) You're five, two. He's five, four. Technically. (laughs) But when I put them heels on, I was taller than him and I just couldn't, just couldn't. And, like, when you look across the dinner table and see that his sleeves are too long, it's, like, kind of a turn off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was this in New York? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love I love all your dating experiences. They um, sound like mine in the sense that, like, you're very open-minded, you know? Like, I've dated, yeah. like, all types of guys, and, like, I love that. Because sometimes you meet people and they're just, like, I'm only going to date this type of guy that works at this company from this background. And it's like, girl, you are so vanilla. Like, you're boring. I know. I have so many friends like that. And it's like, you don't know what you're missing out on. Like, there's... I'm big on personality and, and like, character. And Mm -hmm. then looks, for me, have always come second. Which is kind of... Like, I've dated some guys where it's like, oh, but... For me, it's like, if you can make me laugh, like, that's then top on my yeah, list. Yeah. I kind of sometimes yeah. like like ugly guys. It's like me an, too. it's like a, it, ugly is like not the term. They're attractive to me, but like unconventionally attractive men. Same. Like, there's just like a, something like off about them. It's just so hot. Literally, same. I love like a rugged, like medium ugly, like. Mm-hmm alpha but funny i love that that's my type like if you weren't Mm -hmm. successful i could see you living on the street 100 (laughs) percent. 
<laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like, if you weren't successful, like, you didn't dress well, like, I could totally have, like, walked past you in the street. Oh, okay. It's like scruffy. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> Final red light, green light. Red light, green light, going through a man's phone. Ooh, now that's a tough one. <sighs> I want to say green. I'm yellow light. And recently, I got caught red-handed. It was so humiliating. <laughs> caught red-handed. What happened? He asked me to get content of him, and I really have been dying to go through his phone. So I was holding it up and pretending to be snapping pictures, and I was really scrolling through his text messages. <laughs> and then when he took his phone, he saw that it was open on his text messages, and he was like, <gasps> he was so betrayed, and I was so humiliated because I thought I was slicker than that. So you made the mistake by not it, swiping up on the text messages and going back to the camera yeah. app and actually taking no. photos. Correct. I did take a few photos. So when he went to the camera roll, they were there. But like you said, I... Were you in a certain thread or were you just in the text messages? Yes. Oh. I was in a certain thread. I found a little something that was blown out of proportion by me and it ended up being nothing and he proved that it was nothing but yeah it i was humiliated because i got caught red-handed and i'm slicker than that because i have went through a phone in the past where i was so successful and i found out so much dirt and i was disgusted and it saved it saved my time if you're gonna go through a man's phone you go through a man's phone, but don't let him find out you're going through his phone. But hey, you know what? Like, maybe it had to happen. You just make me so nervous. That's what I would say. I'm just like so nervous. I just didn't know. Like, I trust you. I promise. I love you. Please forgive me. I know. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. As a treat to our lovely listeners who have made it to the end of another incredible episode of Rich Little Broke Girls, as promised, Candace Banks is going to drop her undisputed certified tip for the girls. My undisputed certified tip for the girls is you can basically get anything you want if you have the confidence and the communication skills. You can walk into any room with confidence and sound like you know what you're talking about and you will be taken seriously and you will be the finesse queen. That's how I got my job at HBO Max. Confidence and communication. Yes. It has worked for me in so many different circumstances, even just like being an intern and having to drop off a red carpet look for a major actress and walking into the Carlisle Hotel, which is notorious for like celebrities staying there. And basically getting past the doorman because I walked in like I was supposed to be there. I spoke to him very confidently, had him shaking in his boots, and they let me right upstairs. No room key. To the point where he was like, oh, I remember you. You were here last year for the Met Gala. And I was like, yeah, that's me. I needed to hear that. I truly, I believe that. I've talked my way into so many things. Just by being a people person and doing it confidently and being nice, genuinely, and just exuding that confidence, exuding like I'm meant to be here talking to you. You need me. You have to exude that and then people will take you seriously and you can 
make it far. That's a great tip. Well, Candice, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for hanging out with me today all the way from LA. But tell the girls where to find you, how to keep up, um, and where to watch season three of Thanks, Candace Banks. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Candace and on TikTok at Candace.Banks. And Candace is spelled K-A-N-D-A-C-E. YouTube coming soon. Be on the lookout for my YouTube channel that really gives a behind-the-scenes look at my process. And pretty soon, you'll find me on the big screen. Thank you for having me. I'm honored that you shared your platform with me, Rich Little Broke Girls. I loved our conversation. I'm inspired by you. And thank you. I'll be back. Hey guys, it's Kim from the editing booth. I just wanted to take the time and say thank you so much, Candice, for coming on the podcast. Um, I was having some really weird technical issues with the audio for the last half of this episode, um, and it kind of just cut off some parts of the conversation. Um, so you guys didn't get to hear me thank her so much for coming on Rich Little Broke Girls. I am so happy we got to have this conversation, and I'm so in inspired by everything that she's doing and her ability to just figure it out and milk her resources. I hope you guys are taking a lot from this episode. Um, and I seriously encourage you to check out hashtag thanks Candace Banks season three, four, five, whatever season it is now that you are listening to this podcast episode. Check it out and DM her. I mean, if you have any questions about her process, if you want a new friend, she is a wealth of knowledge. She is so resourceful um, and she's a pretty great friend. So hit her up on Instagram or TikTok and let me know if you check it out. Hi, ladies. Don't forget to meet me back here next Wednesday for a new episode of Rich Little Broke Girls. Subscribe, rate, leave me a review. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.